Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, a controversial ending, but a phenomenal season. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by my business partner, Alicia Smith, to discuss how she coached the mental game with our team this season. If you're a podcast returner, thank you so much for joining us again. The Medal and High School softball season came to a controversial end in postseason, yet Alicia and the team could not be more proud of what they accomplished. In this episode, we discuss creating pressure and fun at practice, dealing with very frustrating uncontrollables, reflecting back with pride after seeing the growth, the biggest factor in this team's success, seeing players grow throughout their careers, and lessons learned and tips for the future, and so much more. For this final episode of the series, we want to introduce you to one of our drills, straight from the Mental Training Foundation course, Consistent. Use the fielding drill repeatable to help your players follow a routine in order to repeat their successes. This episode is brought to you by us, Mental Speed Spot. I've been telling you all about our various services each episode, and now I want to give you a quick overview and where we suggest you start. If you're newer to coaching and aren't really sure how to approach coaching the mental game, keep listening to these podcasts, follow us on social media, and join our Facebook group for free quick wins you can implement today. If you've already started to implement the mental game, want more guidance and resources for building it into everything you do, especially when their time is limited, and have a limited budget, consider joining our Mental Sweet Spot Academy. To learn more, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash academy. If you feel like you don't have the time to run the mental training aspect of your program, or you want to bring in a voice and perspective different than your own, and you have it within your budget, consider hiring Alicia to consult with your team this season. To learn more about our consulting tiers and what's included, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash consulting. Still not sure which is the best fit for your program? Please feel free to reach out to us directly at support at mentalsweetspot.com. Our mission is to help you develop resilient, dedicated, and impactful young women, and we can't wait to be of service. Hope to hear from you soon. Now back to the show. Let's recap. A lot has happened. And quickly go over how the final week went, and then more of just processing the year as a whole. So catch us up on the past week. (laughs) We've had some space. (laughs) You can just gloss over the end. So the week in between districts and regionals is usually pretty long. So we have five full days of practice Monday through Friday. Um, And we had scheduled a single game on Wednesday, just kind of break that up. And also, obviously, we knew we would be facing good pitching in regionals. So we wanted to face good pitching as kind of practice. So Monday was a really tough practice. We, um, it was one of the harder practices we've had in a long time really uh, picking up the speed of a lot of the ground balls. And we, we do like double fungo, for example. So um, we have coaches on, on either side of the baseline hitting to the half, each half of the field. So it's very quick, um, but we made it even faster. So we made them really hustle, really move, really move, really hustle. And it was good because it just kind of increased the pressure a little bit. Obviously that's what you're trying to do. So um, we did a lot of base running. We did a lot of live defense and everything was quick. and for the most part, they did pretty good. They did a pretty good job. Um, Tuesday, um, we had a little bit lighter practice or we just did some repetitions. Um, and then Wednesday we had our single game. Um, and it was hard for them, I think, to get to that level of focus and that level of competitiveness when it's a quote unquote meaningless game. Cause that's kind of what it was, right? So mm-hmm. in their minds, it was a practice game. I mean, it might as well have been a scrimmage for us kind of how they came out with not focused. I wasn't very happy. 
but I just chalked it up to the fact that this is a long week. They're tired. I knew they were tired. Um, they had exams coming up, so I know there's a little bit of stress there too. Thursday was um, just hitting. We brought in some pitchers to do some live hitting. So we shortened up practice. Um, we committed to shorten out practice on Thursday and Friday. So it was only an hour and a half of just hitting. And then on Friday was just, rep and I actually on Thursday, I let them listen to music while they hit. And it was kind of funny because they, they said, coach, are you sure? Like you're going to let us listen to music. So I just, I really wanted to keep it like, like push them in the beginning of the week, but in the, in the second half of the week, just focus on repetition and keeping it, keeping them loose. So that's why I let them listen to music on, on Thursday. And then on Friday, we just did some repetitions. We just did some um, double fungo, 15 minutes. We did um, individual stuff for 15 minutes. We did team D for 15 minutes and we just did some quick hitting drills and uh, went home. So I think we also had a team dinner in there. I think it was, th I think mm -hmm. it was Thursday, if I remember correctly. So it was good for them just to keep together, I think. And then um, Saturday was supposed to be our regional and on Friday night, it just started raining. So Saturday, the forecast didn't look good. So leading up to Saturday, um, between the athletic directors, you know, kind of made the decision that the backup day would be Monday because um, apparently one of the schools wasn't available on Sunday due to some grad parties and things like that. So we all were under the, on the impression that Monday was a backup day and we knew that we weren't gonna get in everything on Saturday. So we went on Saturday with the intention of at least getting there. Um, we knew the rain was coming, so we decided to start early, maybe 15 minutes. Um, in the back of my mind, my thought process was um, if my starting pitcher had to throw two games, in theory, obviously, if you win the first one, then the few, the, the more innings she could throw on Saturday, the fewer she'd have to throw on the makeup day. So that was a strategic decision. However, when I look back on it, the kids felt kind of rushed a little bit, I think. And anytime they don't have their routine or they're out of their routine for warm-ups is when they get a little flustered. Um, I thought they were ready, but apparently, I think it was a reflection. I didn't realize it then. Now. So we got in three at-bats, um, one, two, three. <laughs> then it started to rain uh, as we were transitioning to defense and we decided, the umpires called the game because the, wasn't, didn't take very long. The, the field was flooding very quickly and the radar just showed green for miles and miles and miles. So, we said, okay, we're gonna go Monday, so come back here at you know 1.30 or whatever. So we left the field, we went home. The kids, I think, were secretly happy because they could, do, it was one of those days on Saturday, rainy day, you could just sleep all day. So they needed that, I think, too. So then on, on Saturday afternoon, we got a text that we were moving the game to Sunday at noon. So I had to quick and scramble and make sure everyone knew what was going on. Um, the players, the parents, you know, people, had made special arrangements and changed schedules and some parents had to work and and then we got that all set and then i got another text a couple hours later that we're changing it to 10. so we were in a constant state of flux so me personally uh very frustrated along with the other coaches um we were confused why it got changed from monday to sunday and then we found out it was because of baseball and some other things so the coaches were not happy at all um but I knew that I had to put on my composed, no big deal face for the kids. So um, the routine was exactly the same then on Sunday because our game was at 10 on Saturday, game was at 10 on Sunday. 
And as soon as we got to the field, they said, we're going to, you know, rain's coming again. We need to start early if we can. I said, no, no we're not. You know, we're going to go through a normal routine and we'll, we'll get ready and we'll play mm -hmm. when we're ready. And the other coach agreed to the same. So went through our routine, started to warm up, um, felt very confident. The kids were real loose. You could tell they were excited to play. And um, so then we play this game and I think we weren't hitting well at all, um, which happens, you know, that happens. You, you can't always hit for hit really, really well. So in games like that, you know, you rely very heavily clearly on your defense and your pitching. So we scored one run in the fourth inning and I felt real good about that. And they, they ended up tying the game, I think in the fifth inning. So it was a one-to-one -one going into the seventh. And we got out of a couple, uh, you know, first and second, no out or something like that. Our defense was just amazing. And the ironic thing or crazy thing, I guess, is that the defense at times this year has been such an Achilles heel and has hurt us in so many games and just had bad errors and, and silly things happened. But those kids played so awesome on defense. They were making plays out of their mind. And it was so fun to watch. And my pitcher was just incredible. She threw so amazing. She kept them off balance. She would, even if a runner got on, she would shut it down. It was fun to watch. And um, I know we talked about this earlier, but my, you know, watching the growth of one of my pitchers over the years, um, she's a senior now. So um, as a freshman, you know, she led us to the final four. As a sophomore, led us to the final four. Uh, and a junior led us to the final four. In each one of those years, we unfortunately didn't win in the state semifinals. So I could tell she was really driven this year. And watching her mature over four years is what I really, you know, that's why I coach. You know what I mean? So I something happened. There's runners on first and second, nobody out. And I stood up off my bucket and I took a step towards the mound because she knew I was going to come out. And she just very subtly hold up, held up her hand to me and just, she didn't say anything. She just held up her hand. And I said, okay. She, that was her way of saying, I got this. I don't, I don't need you to come on. I got this. So we got out of the inning. So I was, it was fun to watch those kids, you know, and we get into extra innings and we get all the way to the 10th inning. We have bases loaded, one out, and we have the perfect scenario where we have a batter up that we've been, you know, able to get out several times. And she hits, we had to obviously pull our outfield in. Um, and we had a lazy fly ball to, to center and my, Center fielder threw a perfect strike to the catcher. She she catches the ball very clearly um, way in front of the runner, and you knew that she was just dead out. And uh, she bowls over my catcher. She holds on to the ball, and the umpire calls obstruction. So, you know, in the mass chaos of the initial feeling of, wow, what an awesome play, a play we've been working on all year long, and it was perfect and under pressure and it was freshman and to go from that emotion to all of a sudden realize the game was over was very, very difficult for me to handle, um, for the team to handle. And those are those things that we talk about all year, the uncontrollables, and that's one of them. But those are tough to swallow, really mm -hmm. tough to swallow, especially after I've had some time to <laughs> review some video and things like that. You just know the call is not right. So there's nothing you can do, you can't change it. But uh, I've had some time, and I know we've talked about kind of the things that you wanted to talk about today, but I've had some time to reflect. And, and in those moments, I am super passionate and super competitive, and I want nothing more for those kids, you know, to be able to be successful and how they battled and put everything together. And that game, to watch that is so awesome as a coach. 
to have it end like that when it's out of their control is pretty, pretty tough. So when I have all of these super passionate and competitive emotions, I'm not so composed, I guess. I'm not so in control of my, my thoughts and feelings because I didn't have enough wherewithal to, to make sure that I didn't, I, I should have argued, you know, certain things like my catcher got hit, you know, by the player. I should have made sure that when my assistant coach behind me was telling them to check the runner or appeal uh, that she left early, I should have made sure that that happened too, but I couldn't think straight. I, I, I couldn't think straight because I was mm -hmm. so upset and that's tough. And so we talked about these C's, right? The seven C's and we all have strengths, strengths and weaknesses. And I just, I pulled up for this what I had written down, I had taken the mental um, toughness profile and competitive and committed and confident were my top three. I scored fives on all those. Composed, I scored the lowest on. So <laughs> it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. And we all have strengths and weaknesses as coaches, but we don't need to have all seven to be fives because I don't think it's possible. And then, you know, so when I look at my coaching staff though, I have other coaches that are higher in maybe composed and maybe not so high in confident or something like that. So that was kind of how it, how it ended. So I've had some time to kind of reflect on that, but I couldn't be more proud of those kids for the way they fought and the way they played that game. They played their little hearts out. And that as a coach is, is what you look for, what you see from day one that you know they can do and to watch it actually happen in, in, regardless of the results of the game, mm -hmm. even though that's the, the hard part for them, you know, and, and that's where my, when we have our banquet on Tuesday, where I have to frame my words, right. You know, you set goals, you set high goals and you did win the trophy, but everything else you set, you really were, you really hit those goals. You know, you were, you were super supportive. You were committed. I mean, that dugout was so loud and, and everything that they set out to achieve, they did mm -hmm. just didn't get the W then wow, that's pretty powerful and pretty awesome. And they did nothing to lose the trophy. Like mm -hmm. nothing in any way was their fault that right. game. Like I know you're talking about like, oh, if I'd been more composed, maybe this or that, but really no. Probably not, yeah. Yeah, it just it was a weird call. That's why we have to keep telling ourselves about the controllables because it feels terrible. And like we feel like it should be in our control somehow, but sometimes it's just craziness of the game. And I think that's what I struggle with because I'm in, as a coach, you feel like you're in control of a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're in control of that kind of stuff. And, and at the end of the day, I was, it didn't matter. I know it doesn't matter. I may be able to sleep a little better at night, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because the call was not going to be changed, right? Mm -hmm. that, that at the end of the day, it's not changing. Right. right. Not going to change. So, so you're right. That's, and that's the lesson. And that's when I have to make sure when I'm talking to the kids, the lesson is learned, even though if it's, it's not going to be immediate, it's, it's, it may take years, you know, and, and they, they will always ask why. Well, I mean, my catcher, I felt so bad because she was so distraught because she was blaming herself. And, you know, she did, she did everything textbook, just like you teach your catchers to do standing in front of the plate and making sure they feel the ball and you're allowed to block the plate with the ball. You know, and, she, and I've watched the replay a thousand times and she did everything right. So they have to understand that when they walk off the field, the uncontrollable aspect of the, of the call doesn't change their 
commitment to the process and and how it was so successful in my opinion mm -hmm. totally agree and but like you said i think it's important also to let them know that if <laughs> this perspective will not come right away like very rarely if you care this much you put this much in are you going to be good to go the next day like right. you and i talk it's like a morning process for us it like, is the end of the season especially like when things don't go the way you had hoped and planned like you still like you're, that you lost that too right yeah and the next day was monday and you know my routine for the last three and a half months has been get up you pack your bag you go to practice you see the kids you know and when you just have to just stop and it's it sucks mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really hard it's really hard for me but that's because i'm so darn committed to them and so darn you know just committed to to being their their coach and their mentor and and watching this process unfold and you know of course i'm not the only one i've got four amazing assistants and they are just as committed as i am and and boy the five of us together really made a lot of progress and really worked well together even though that was part of the learning process but um boy i'm still really proud of them and I, and i'm never at a loss for words after <laughs> and i was at a loss after that game and <laughs> I didn't, the only thing I could tell them was, I, I don't have any words for you other than I am so proud of you and I love you. That, I mean, that's all I could say because mm -hmm. I was so really deep down, I was so proud mm -hmm. and I wanted to make sure that that part wasn't lost because wow, right. that was awesome to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. ah, love that. So reflecting back on the entire season and kind of like where this team started from the combo of JV varsity to yeah. that last game. What do you think attributed the most to that growth? It's not one thing. Mm. It's, it's definitely just the everyday commitment to the process. Mm. I mean, in, in weathering the storm when it wasn't good, being able to pull the lessons and making sure that from, from a bad week, a bad day, a bad game, a bad practice to make sure those aren't lost. Um, continually focus on the mental part of the game because the part that I loved about that's hard to do. It's hard to battle in a game for 10 straight innings and not quit and not give up. And that's all mental. Mm -hmm. And, and to watch that too. I mean, that was, that was very obvious, you know, that they were mentally stronger in that game. And I, I have seen that growth in them. And that was just as prideful to me, if not more than the physical part, right? Cause that okay. translates clearly. So I think at the end of the day, it's trusting the process and the, their commitment to it. Mm -hmm. Even though on an everyday basis, they may not have understood it or seen it, mm -hmm. it because it's, they're too close to it. But as yeah. you look back at the whole season, it's very obvious. Mm -hmm. it's, it's another tradition that I do before every district or regional or quarterfinal game or whatever. I always write them a letter. So it's like the district letter, you know? So it's always kind of like a reflection on the season and everything that they've done. And I always bring up something like, remember when we did 30 sprints inside the gym when it was 20 below zero, you know, just look where we were, mm -hmm. you know, just, just three months ago, it's been just three months and look at all that you've accomplished, all that you've been able to do, all the goals that you've set, all the things that you've been able to become as a team and remember that. So now trust everything that you've learned, and just go out and play and have fun. Don't forget that part. So, oh, that's the other thing I forgot on Friday's practice. We, uh, 
we kind of had it staged where the kids were behind the dugout and they thought they were being filmed by our other coach to like do something, you know, for the end of the year video. And we, the other coaches and I all grabbed water balloons. We just like bombarded them and then they, and then we're carrying around buckets. And then finally my bucket got taken <laughs> and they were running around like a bunch of girls screaming and yelling, like, really? Like you guys are the toughest kids I know and a little water balloon and you're running around screaming like girls. And then they're like, Oh yeah. So then they came after me, you know, and like, it was so much fun. But at the end I said, I said, just enjoy this. You guys, I said, this is a short ride. You only have about a week left in theory. Um, and never forget just to have fun, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I try to do those little reflections in those, in those letters. And then for the regional letter, I talked about how in all week long, we talked about where they were mentally on Saturday of districts was perfect. They had fun. They were loose. They were confident. So you know how to get there. You know what you need to be and do it again and you'll mm-hmm. be fine. And I think they did. I really do. It's just the circumstances were different. It was a tougher game. Clearly the further you go, the harder they will be. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, the one thing which encompasses a lot is trusting the process. Is yeah, sticking to it. absolutely. Like, and that's the hard part is <laughs> it gets exhausting on like the down days or a few down days in a row or the great days where you feel like, can I just like chalk it up as this was great and I'll have to think more about it. But no, you got to keep thinking about it. Keep processing. Yeah. You'd be exhausting, but I think it just really does pay out at the end. It does. Do you think you guys lived your wise, the team wise? Yes. I, I was thinking about that in my drive home today because I was re-listening to our week one. You know, so our week one is when we established our wise, fearless, accomplished, impactful, resilient, and empowered. And the two that came up often or the most were fearless and resilient. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, maybe looking back, if we had narrowed it, I think those two would have been sufficient, but Mm -hmm. they weren't my wise. I would say from an, from an individual standpoint, there was a lot of impactful things that, you know, some kids did. Um, the growth in some of these kids was awesome. I wanted them to feel empowered, to have fun, you know, all of those things, but fearless and resilient were the two that kept coming up all the Mm -hmm. time. So a hundred percent. Yes. Especially those two, it kind of was a culmination of everything, especially that day, because the other piece of it that, you know, that happened too, is that the constant state of flux, not knowing where we're going to play. And, and one thing I forgot to mention is actually two things. One was um, the top, the place may have changed. Plan A is this place. Plan B is this place. Well, this place is 45 minutes further than this place. You know, so it was just constant. And the other thing is one of my players accidentally overslept that morning and was in a complete state of panic mm-hmm. when she called me. And I, and I just, it's okay. It's fine. I need you to take a deep breath and know that it's okay. And I need you to get here safely. And boy, she was a wreck. I'm sure. And you know, from a personal experience of mine that happened in college that went the opposite way, I knew there was nothing more than than that kid needed me to be very calm and to know it was fine. Mm-hmm. Because I can't, you couldn't have a player like that on the field right. and expect her to perform at all. Mm-hmm. And she did, once she got in the excursion and she was with her teammates and we joked around and played some good songs and she was fine. But that's what, you know, those are the things that it just was something different for, and it was just keep, it kept changing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's hard mentally as well. But mm-hmm. again, hopefully we were prepared for that. Yeah. You did have a lot of, 
weather and other things this season that helped you kind of prepare. So at least you'd had something under your belt. And the funny thing is I brought that up. I told him that I said, you've had games that were suspended and picked up, you know, just, just a week and a half ago, you've played through cold rain. You played through it all. So nothing should phase you today. You've been through mm -hmm. it all. Holy love that. So let's just wrap it up with what you want to take from this season lessons learned into future seasons or that you would give advice to other coaches? I think for me personally, whatever challenge you may be facing, which you're going to face some, accept it and it's how you present it, right? Because if you're constantly presenting as this huge challenge and you're, you're just poopy about it, then you know, you're know you never gonna get past it. You're never gonna try to get through there. Mm -hmm. So staying committed to the process, even if you doubt it, mm. you know, because there are times when you're just like, man, is this really, is it working because you don't see the see the fruits of your labor immediately right and you start at least for the high school season very short you start panicking like do we have enough time left are they going to be ready and you constantly think about that but if you just stick to it and trust it that will that's you got you have to mm -hmm. no matter what because you can adapt you can change things you can slightly modify but you have to stick to why you're there in the first place and the other thing is, is that uh, for me as a coach, um, not changing who you are, right? Mm. There's this, there's this pressure or to perform or a pressure to maybe get on the athletes more, or you feel like you should, but that's not you. If that's not you, you have to just be you because I, there isn't another coach that could coach just like me and get the exact same results because that's probably, that's not then because there's nobody like you. So you have to be genuine to yourself and how you kind of truly believe in the way you communicate, the way you practice, the way you prepare them. And I think that that's really important because if you try to be someone else or try to do things that you're, you know, say things or do things that, that isn't you, the kids will see right through it and they'll call BS right away and they'll be like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's really important. Just, Absolutely. Just yeah. I think there are certainly certain behaviors coaches shouldn't do. <laughs> like you oh, shouldn't be demeaning or ever harm a player. But as far as your style, that's part of that culture you built. And that's why I think when I was listening to that episode and the different uh, culture words, it's like, yeah, yeah. I heard these throughout the whole season. Yeah. And that that's part of the culture is you being you. The first 10 years of my career, um, I always wondered, am I doing it the right way? You know, is this really way, the best way to, but I stuck to it because that's me. And I believed in it, that that, my, that, that was, you know, my style and, and how I could get the best out of them and how important some of this stuff was to me, like culture. And it's really started to pay off, obviously, mm -hmm. in conjunction with doing the mental training. Um, but I take enormous pride in what the program means to these kids when they graduate. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the, the, that night, you know, my seniors are starting to post the hardest goodbye I've ever had is to this program. And wow, that's mm -hmm. impactful because it is so much bigger than me. You know what I mean? So the program is so much bigger than me and it, and, and I am just one cog in the wheel of the program and for them, for it to mean so much to them, then wow, that's really powerful. And at the end of the day, the trophies can't replace that. Mm -mm. And the trophies will come because, hey, all it would take was one play for this season to still be going, you know? For sure. 
anything else you could think of before we put a wrap on this series? No, I don't think so. I just, I'm just really stinking proud of those girls, you know, and um, the coaching staff as well, because we all stuck to it. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this at districts, how the coach, one of my assistants kind of talked to me about stepping outside of my comfort zone. Cause I changed the lineup that day. And I appreciated that because that didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> and, and I went ahead and did it cause I trusted her, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you have to do that, you know, and, and it was, it wasn't that big of a change, but it was still a change. And there's certain things that I'm maybe it's just because I'm older now and stuck in my ways a little bit more, but that was hard, but I stepped outside of my comfort zone in that one. So little things like that, I can look back and appreciate that that helps me grow too, because they challenge me now, you know, they may not assistant coaches may not do that their first year, or if they're still kind of learning or whatever, but all of them challenge me too. And I really appreciated that because that's how, that's how I get better. That's how I grow too. And I think if you can surround yourself with those like like minded people but yet different like we were all different athlete types but yet different mm-hmm. they all have the same passion and the same goals and they all want the, what's best for the kids perfect but they all bring something different and you guys can challenge each other as a staff i think that's it's really important too because everyone needs that you, not one coach knows everything mm-hmm. and if you can surround yourself with those people even if it's just one other person that you can coach with, that you can trust, that are committed to the same goals and things, that can you can challenge each other, that's how you grow, that, that helps the program, right? Everything just benefits the program. So mm-hmm. that's always my goal as well. Love that. And that is a wrap on this series of the podcast with Madawan High School. Be sure to grab your free repeatable drill at mentalsweetspot.com forward slash episode 13. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. We hope you're enjoying the show. If so, we truly appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes or on our site at mentalsweetspot.com forward slash reviews. Let us know what you've learned and how you've implemented these tactics with your players. Thanks again for joining us. See you back here next week for our new series all about how we got into coaching the mental game of softball and why we love it so much. See you soon. Have a good one.